Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. Right now, my next guest is on a mission to, to build sustainable packaging and supply chain programs for cannabis and CBD companies that honor their brand identity, drive revenue growth, protect the product, and do so cost effectively. We know we've talked quite a bit about the global supply chain over on the business program that I host and here on Grassroots. And with me to talk all about that is the Vice President for Sales for AE Global, Beth Corbett. Beth, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Let's get into the supply chain. Cannabis Industry Journal recently reported that since early 2020, the pandemic has shined a light on the global supply chain and its shortcomings. Supply and demand have changed so much and so quickly, it's fostered shortages and delays for many of the world's goods. And they go to a lot in, in depth in the story about manufacturing plants, manufacturing plants in countries like China working half capacity, being forced to shut down or curtail. Others, companies had a lack of foresight, choosing the lower costs with their inventories rather than keeping warehouses full, and how it's impacted nearly every market on earth that relies on international shipping, clothing, turkeys, cars, computer ships, all in short supply, causing prices and wait times to go up. So they go on to say now with new markets coming online and legacy cannabis markets expanding the cannabis supply chain, excuse me, is certainly maturing and this crisis may be kicking things into high gear. So from the West Coast, distribution channels have expanded. Rules have allowed for curbside pickup and delivery, and a lot more ancillary businesses are supporting a thriving market. So, Beth, as we go ahead and start off, that's the supply chain in a nutshell. When you look at what we're having right now in terms of the supply chain issues and where cannabis stands, you know, where how do you think the status is now? Um, it's probably as bad as it's ever been. <laughs> Right. Um, and I, uh, I myself, um, AE Global, um, does not believe that it's probably really going to settle down till probably maybe 2023. That's not that different, I think, from a lot of other industries. You already brought that up. Well, let me um, ask you this I, question. When it comes to the supply chain itself, I'm looking at where it's a lot where it's overseas uh, supply issues, I would imagine. Because I'm always looking, when they, we talk about supply chain, they'll show the port of long beach in california and show all the big uh big shipping containers out there but is it just that or is there something else that doesn't get talked about when it comes to the lack of supply for the demand uh, uh, you know it's also a domestic issue there are domestic issues for example 
uh, folding cartons, uh, which are made um, from paperboard. Um, many paperboard mills um, have wait times now of 14, 16, 18 weeks to get product. Wow. It's not unusual when we're working with a customer um, that they have come to us because their, you know, their other supplier was like, yeah, I, you know, for this item that you want, I'm looking at 14 weeks, 16 weeks. And there are a lot of, obviously a lot of problems with that. First of all, what if it's something you've already made? Um, I have one customer that's been having difficulties sourcing the child resistant jars that they use for their gummies. They, you know, if you've made three, four, six months worth of gummies and you have no jars to put it in, that's a, that's a big problem, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's on a current item, or let's say you want to launch a new brand. I talked about paperboard. Um, there are things that we do in terms of making sure that we have deep enough inventory so that we're able to help customers within two to four weeks. Not everybody has had that same wherewithal or foresight, but it's also resin. Um, I, I know it seems like a long time ago, but those storms that happened in Houston last year, um, yeah. you know, that is pretty much the, the heart of this country in terms of making resin-based products. And you had a lot of plants that were closed anywhere from a month to three months. That is a really difficult thing to come back from. And it's not something that you fix in six months. And so, um, you know, that's one of those things where, um, like I said, it's, it's across. Yes, China is an issue or Taiwan or, you know, Malaysia, just because it's not just one country where people have been having products made. And we certainly have items that we have to have made um, in China or Taiwan, like glass or tin, because it's the only place to get it done. Um, but it is more, it's more than just one product. Well, not just packaging. Also talking about accessories. I know when it comes to vape pens and some of the components that need to be uh, manufactured and overseas to be brought over here, and specifically because of the the price and the efficiency. Well, I don't know if I would say so much efficiency, but it can be done cheap and can be done fast. Now, one thing that you we can also talk about is how, I mean, with some of the products we're doing here, is it something that, unlike other industries, can the cannabis industry do anything where they can produce some of these products in-house or they can have manufacturing facilities take up the slack? There are certain things. Um, for example, there are a number of folks like AE Global where we're trying to move what we can to domestic manufacturing to reduce the timeline. Right. So um, that's definitely um, one area that we work with customers. Uh, for example, any kind of a paper-based um, packaging item right now, folding carton, child-resistant folding carton, whatever that is, um, even labels, even pouches, um, with the increased freight costs and the increased timeline, um, it actually makes sense to move as much of that production domestic. And when I mean domestic, I look at North America, right? Canada, right. US, uh, Mexico. Um, so there are a lot of options um, for doing that sort of thing. Um, the other thing is working with customers to try to, you know, manage demand. And cannabis is really hard. You know, it's very difficult when you have a customer that's growing at that rate. They, they estimate that cannabis sales, legal cannabis domestic sales, um, increased by about 60% last year. That's a really hard thing to under, you know, to plan for. And one of the greatest things that happened in our industry was cannabis was deemed an essential business, which was awesome because I think it is. But when you see that, that means that um, honestly, nothing slowed down. So if you had followed more of a just in time, you know, concept, which a lot of folks had, there was nothing wrong with that. 
it was, you know, that was kind of the business as usual, or you worked on, let's say one month to three month inventories, because you were always able to work through that. And all of a sudden your, your business is growing like crazy and your normal source has, is literally shut down. That's a, that's a difficult thing to work through. And so, you know, you need to work with, with your partner, like an AE global to try to figure out, okay, what, what can I do right now? And what's my long-term plan? And that's what we do now. We work with folks, let's say they have a new product they want to come out with. And I'm working with somebody right now on some new eighth packaging where we're developing something that is going to work for right now and be able to help them get to market. And then we're also developing a long-term plan on something that I still have to have made in China, but we're building a nine to 12 month timeline because you have to be reasonable about what can be accomplished. Does that that's, answer your question? Yep, absolutely, quite quite well. It does. I, as schools can ask more in the area of, of uh, the packaging, and I want to do that real quick. But but first, I want to go ahead and quote from MJBiz Daily, a recent story: Complying with regulations while sourcing and working with effect, cost-effective, attractive marijuana or hemp packaging requires a deft touch, which can't be done by simply throwing money at the problem. Packaging is a major cost for any cannabis or hemp company making products. The considerations to cut expenses have included buying in bulk to get better pricing, keeping a close eye on the packaging manufacturer to ensure quality, dialing and forecasting to accurately order the correct supply, selecting affordable base materials, and simplifying the process as much as possible. Now, the other thing I want to consider when it comes to packaging, Beth, is because the pandemic caused more people to go do more curbside or more carryout or especially go more online ordering, so having more deliveries done, uh, does that change anything in terms of the packaging process or is that something that's being taken into consideration? It's taken into consideration, um, particularly in a market like California. I'll use yeah. that. Um, remember <clears throat> that um, unlike, uh, unlike a smaller state, right, where you don't have product that has to travel very far, think about the fact that in California, you could have product that maybe travels 1,500 or 2,000 miles. And so you have to be thinking about your packaging and whether or not that's going to protect the product. Let's say pre-rolls, for example. Nobody wants a pre-roll where all, where all the flour has fallen out. Um, right. That would be disappointing. So those are things that we keep in mind um, in terms of developing. I think the other thing is um, you talked about reducing cost. And, and, I, and I think a lot of times you should be also thinking about sustainability in that. Right. One of the very first things that, you know, AE Global's innovation team looks at whenever we're looking at any packaging is, um, is it right-sized? So it's, I can't tell you how many times I've seen something where it's just been really overdone. Uh, we're currently redesigning some edibles packaging where we're going to be able to reduce the size of the box by about 50%. So there are a lot of things that come from that. One, it's a better customer experience. They're not opening it and thinking, wow, this is a lot of waste. Or I thought this looked like it had 20 gummies in it. Um, but at the same time, it's also great from a sustainability perspective. You're using half the materials. And it, it's also going to save you from a cost perspective. So if you can make something that protects the product, it, it still does a really good job representing your brand. It's sustainable. And, every, and it's a good customer experience. Everybody wins. Yeah. Now, what's very interesting is about your work in and packaging and also sustainable packaging more specifically is your background because where you came from prior to cannabis becoming now finally known as Cannabeth, uh, yeah, you, you came here eight years ago. You spent your first part of your career developing packaging solutions 
for significant players in the retail and the five just reading the five over five hundred billion dollar health and beauty industry. You work with Starbucks, Tiffany, and Estee Lauder. And when I listen to the names like that, I mean there is something to be said about luxury products and taking what the luxury products are being done in terms of not just because of the quality of the packaging, but the look and the stylings and just the whole makeup of what even just the packaging alone makes whatever the product inside much more appealing or valuable or valuable to the point where people will go and pay more for the product. And when you look at integrating that kind of thought process over the last eight years into this industry, I mean, it could definitely use more of that. I mean, that would be something I would imagine, not just for sustainability, but also just to go ahead and raise the perception of cannabis overall would you say that yes there's a couple of things i'll use health and beauty because you you mentioned that yeah um i look at health and beauty as probably the industry that is closest in terms of cannabis in terms of a, a lot of the packaging considerations um certainly a safety consideration right because it, mm-hmm. it all needs to be for the most part like a food grade or cosmetic grade packaging in terms of protecting the end consumer it's also an incredibly diverse range of, of products, right? You can't, there's very few industries where you're trying to develop packaging for a gummy or a vape pen or a topical, and it has to all look like it came from the same company or the same brand. Then I look at a company like Estee Lauder and the diverse range of brands and products that they have, that would be a good example. I think the other really important thing is, and you know, we look at this whenever we're working with a customer is, particularly in more mature markets, it, in, a com- in, a, in a market like, let's say, Illinois or Michigan, their biggest problem is having enough product, right? So when somebody goes to a dispensary, they don't necessarily get to see much, and they certainly don't have as wide a range because they're more like, okay, what, what do you actually have today? You go to a mature market like a California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, that branding is really, really important, and that's what's going to attract the customer. Um, you know, I, I, I think of certain brands that I've, I've worked on and I know that part of their first, you know, when, when somebody goes into a dispensary, they're getting business and they're getting interest because somebody's looking at it on a shelf and going, Ooh, what's that? Right. Because they really like the package or it's really yeah. talking to what the customer is. Um, there are certain brands I think that have done a, a, a really beautiful job of that. And in that way, I think, like you said, it's elevating cannabis. But it's also hopefully elevating the brand um, into a, into a, what's be going what is already in mature states and what is going to become a very competitive market. Yeah, and you can always just tell with certain brands and just what they do. I mean, I always like the example of of Apple products and the packaging that they come in and just how uh, aerodynamically put together it is, and just when you open together, just the excitement of getting it opened up. And the product itself and the construction, the makeup of a set like a MacBook Pro or an iPhone, whatever it might be, is fascinating. Let's go ahead and direct people to the website, aegpkg.com for AE Global. Uh, various products in terms of packaging solutions for any challenge. Uh, when For companies that are looking to go ahead and they need to look at the urgency of supply chain and packaging issues, and also a responsibility for sustainability. Take a minute or two to go and talk to our listeners about what AE Global provides, and when they go to the website, what they should be looking at. 
Um, you know, really, there's a, a couple of things um, is that you really have two paths. You have a custom path and you have the stock path. And that's something that um, we provide a, a wide range of solutions. And that stock path, particularly for rigid packaging, is something that where you've got a more urgent need. You don't have the time to wait for, let's say, a custom jar. Mm-hmm. And then on the custom side, there's a number of things. If you just need a custom pouch, custom folding carton, those are things that we can do in a, in a quick manner, let's say four weeks, where you can still have a great customer experience. And if you want something that's custom, it's rigid, that's a longer process. And that's something that our team can work through. We have a phenomenal innovation lab in Miami that can really help you find the right solution for the right budget and that meets your timeline. I'm sure you get asked a lot, Beth, about the packaging that clients will ask for to have make it more sustainable. But is there anything where you give a, a real perfect formula for product or, or packaging for products that have the style, the look, it's ease and convenience and sustainability all in one? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I think that um, if I had to pick one area, it, uh, the right solution um, is to try to find, to try to develop your packaging um, so that it's uh, a paper, as much paper-based as possible. Right. Um, if that, um, if that is something that is um, in, involves alternative fibers, recycled fibers, making sure it's hundred percent recyclable, uh, honestly, domestic manufacturing is going to address that as well because shipping is right. the largest uh, polluter in the world. So something like that would be uh, like our easy lock package, um, which is our domestically produced paper-based uh, uh, um, child-resistant folding carton. Mm-hmm. And um, something like that is probably the best answer that I can give. And then along those lines is making sure that, and I mentioned this before, but making sure that your package is right-sized because that's honestly the quickest way uh, to make a great sustainable decision is making sure that it is as small as possible and still delivers your message, still meets the uh, needs of the state in terms of you know child-resistant labeling and all of that, um, and if possible, using sustainable substrates. Yeah, and I'm looking on the website for the Easy Lock package, and that's exactly what I was looking at. Because the idea is that I think with certain companies that really are just forward-thinking, they want to have it where it has that good look. It has the right... It holds everything in well and is biodegradable, sustainable, and it will be easily recycled. Because I think a lot of products that are today, you see some of the most appealing products in some cases, especially for those that might be, you know, either health conscious or might, you know, again, if you can do it domestically, you can do something that's different, build the better mousetrap. That's what this is right here with an easy lock, a very great example of that. So again, website is aegpkg.com. Thank you again, Beth Corbett, for joining us here on Grassroots Marketing. Really do appreciate you taking time out. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.